To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Husking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn Hart, and uh, today, uh, remember Three Waters? Oh, come on, yes you do. Anyway, Mike does. He'll be talking about that shortly. As well as cultural reports, whatever they are. Uh, we, we haven't been talking to Fonterra, even though we've asked them to come on the show, because, you know, milk's going down the gurgler. Yeah, I mean that financially, not literally. And uh, uh, the uh, have we fixed the health worker shortage yet? Are we fully staffed there? No? Okay. Uh, but before any of that, uh, the economy, that's going all right, though, is it, Adrian or Reserve Bank, Governor? No? I think we have a new thing, and we've decided to call it the hitting, hitting the wall of reality. Listen. What, what growth? Um, but but uh, the uh, you know the, the outlook for the economy is one of I would say uh, subdued domestic spending. Yes, and uh, I thought his last words were interesting as well. L- listen to who listen to who the big problem here is. They are the, the biggest challenge to us on on uh, monetary policy at the moment. Who are they? The government. They keep spending too much. So back back to your um, questions. Yes, I mean, when I'm asking, what I can't work out with Adrian, I didn't have time to actually ask him, is does he believe what he's saying or is he just saying what he thinks he should say? Because you can't come on this program and talk about growth when there isn't any. And he said there wasn't any yesterday because he's... He's predicting a recession. Now, back to the point about the whole monetary tightening and the pain. This is my argument. When you say, what am I on about? What I'm on about is we're buggering up the economy ourselves by handing out the wage rises that are above inflation. We are creating more inflation. So part of this is on us. So as the inflation is the problem, instead of going, I need another 7 or 8 or 9%, which is perfectly human to do that, why wouldn't you? And if somebody's silly enough to give it to you, obviously, why wouldn't you take it? Of course, but this is creating the problem. That's why inflation's stickier. That's why he came out and said what he said yesterday. But as for this business of, you know, we'll get there in the end, I don't know that it's true because he keeps changing the game every time he comes out. Every time he comes out and he goes, well, oh, hold on, it's stickier than I thought. Oh, hold on, it's not going quite as well as I thought. Oh, hold on, it's going to be longer. Once upon a time, we're expecting cuts in interest rates next year. That's not the case now. It's 2025. And before you know, it's going to be 2026. I, I, well, I think what we've learned is there are a lot of roads to Damascus. There's a lot of ways to get there. Many, many roads to Damascus. And as, as for the business of technical recession versus recession, let me say this once again. A recession is a recession. Don't dress it up, dress it down, put a lipstick on it. It's a recession. Beginning, middle, and end. Yes, so uh, we've got the wall of reality there now, which is what you come up against when you get called out on your gaslighting halfway through distributing the gaslighting. Um, he also uh, said that there are different measures of zero when Mike pointed out to him this morning that, you know, when there's negative growth, that's recessionary. But he just referred to that as different measures of zero. I'm going to keep using that. 
The rewrap. Meanwhile, uh, by whatever measure, uh, three waters uh, passed uh, last night under urgency. Is an issue. I mean, a divisive issue, a divisive issue, still an issue if people don't talk about it the way they once did. So the three waters legislation got passed yesterday under urgency. At one point, this was the biggest game in town. Many were aghast at what the government were trying to do. They saw this as a massive overreach in terms of the marification of the New Zealand landscape. Uh, the government got dreadfully bogged down, if you remember, in the explanation of it all. Nanaia Mahuta was hopeless at putting the case forward. And the, uh, the more we learned, the, uh, the more alarmed we became. Many councils were equally upset that assets that they had poured billions into over the years were going to get ripped away from them. Uh, the government, of course, then bent and buckled. It handed out money. It offered freebies and gifts and promises. It eventually gave it all to Kieran McAnulty, who went away, we thought, to fix the co-governance aspect of it, only to come back to say the four entities that would run the new scheme have morphed into ten. Since then, largely silence. Apart from the revelation the other day that we need ten bosses, not four, and the ones hired already are earning vastly more than the people in water currently earn, despite the fact that they are in charge of no more customers because it's now split ten ways, not four. One of the changes made is that this whole mess doesn't actually start until 2026, which means, fingers crossed, it will never start at all. But it will take a change of government for it to be killed. The National and Act, of course, are going to repeal it. Actually, even if this lot get back, they will almost certainly need the Maori Party in a coalition. And the Maori Party voted against the legislation yesterday. So it might well be that no matter who wins, three waters will never see the light of day. But if there is one policy that exemplifies this government, it is three waters. A gargantuan shambles. But it must be acknowledged, I suppose, predicated on the accepted idea that our water is not what it should be. But but then hijacked by the ideologues and force-fed to us in the most arrogant and distasteful of ways. If Labour ever want to look back on their time in government and learn some lessons on how not to govern, the beginning, middle and end of three waters would be a very good starting point. So back to the question. Is it still contentious? Or are there now just so many things that come under the broad heading of dysfunction and mess, we've run out of time and energy to deal with them all? And of course, when three waters was all anybody wanted to talk about... But not me. I wanted to desperately stop talking about it. But the rewrap. Um, yeah, lots of other people did want to talk about it. Uh, they also wanted to talk about this co-governance thing, and then that led to people talking about cultural reports and that kind of thing. And well, now we've got this kind of thing. It's amazing the length people will go to these days to defend or promote things based around race. Now it goes a long way to explaining, I think why we are such a divided nation at the moment. A law lecturer has written a piece in the paper, look it up, about cultural reports. You know, these cultural reports in court and the fact ACT are looking to get rid of them. Now, to be fair, so are national. So the chances of a new government for the country currently being as high as they are means cultural reports are seemingly toast, and I'm not sure many will miss them. Some will, including the law lecturer Fuimano Dylan Asafo. He suggests getting rid of them is racist. Now, if you're getting rid of them altogether, which they are, it cannot be racist because cultural reports are not race-based. What is race-based? A Prezi cards for pregnant mums who are Maori. If you are not Maori, you don't get a Prezi card. If you are Maori, you do. That's race-based. That's racist. It's policy that benefits or discounts you on race. Cultural reports are available to anyone. Therefore, they are not racist or race-based. If Act or National were getting rid of cultural reports for Maori only, you have a point. But they aren't. So you don't. What the good lecturer is aiming at 
is that decent chunks of the reports are ordered up by Maori or Pacific Islanders, but that still doesn't make their demise racist. And the fact he can't see that, or is it he doesn't want to see it, is the worry. Because once upon a time, uh, law lecturers were people you would have thought would play with a straight bat. It is part, sadly, of the destruction of constructive discourse in this country. Fact increasingly takes second place, if it takes a place at all, to emotion and hyperbole. If you argue as act do, that a crime is a crime and your background isn't an issue, then writing a report that offers an excuse undermines all that. The victim never gets to choose the perpetrator of said crime, and yet the perpetrator gets to leverage their upbringing to diminish it. Remember, the perpetrator is the perpetrator no matter what their race. It is the crime and the consequences for the crime that is at play here, not where you were born or who you were born to. I still would like to have the option of not being of any race at all. Uh, if I moaned about this to you before about how I, I really resent on forms when you have to put down what your ethnicity is and I really don't feel like I have one I have no knowledge of one um, and I don't want to be one that never seems to be an option 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break and when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. The Rewrap. Uh, I tell you what shouldn't be an option is to not turn up to explain what's going on on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Uh, where are you, Fonterra, in these troubled times for dairy farmers? Uh, Mike, our farming operation uh, costs last year were $7.28 per kilogram of the milk solids, up from five oh six in two years. Five oh six to seven twenty eight. This is before interest and capital repayments. The fixed cost and government-driven inflation through our need to comply with the government's minimum wages for immigrant employees has driven our wages cost to close to $90,000 plus accommodation to all our employees. Not that we begrudge paying them, but the issue is we can't pay those levels and stay viable without significant change. Our other major cost is interest driven by the government's need to control its own failure to control inflation is to lift our costs of borrowing. We've gone from just under 5% for current account to nearly 11% currently, as well as the big increase in fixed borrowing. So you can see how it's difficult on the farm. Speaking of which, a lot of you are saying this. China's oversupply is in part Fonterra's own fault, who went there to teach them how to farm, build them a factory, and have supplied them with some of the best cows. I'm like, no, 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 they're the best cows, but we had somebody on the program yesterday who was suggesting that they will never compete with us and that their farms, although increasing in size, will never be able to fulfil the demand, which is the argument. Now, can I make a plea? We've been trying to get Miles Hurrell on the program from Fonterra for the last week or so, and he's playing hard to get. And in times like this, it behooves the CEOs of this country to defend their businesses, defend their companies, defend their reputations, and in Fonterra's case, to defend the country. Because they're a major player in the New Zealand economy, and what was announced in the dairy auction yesterday is material. It's $5 billion worth of impact, and it's getting uglier by the day. And what we need is a good, solid steer as to where we're at, which is why Adrian Orr's on after 7.30. So people like Miles Hurrell, who's a good bloke, needs to start fronting up. I mean, think about it. What could be more fun than, you know, getting up early in the morning to be asked really hard questions over and over again by Mike Hosking in front of hundreds of thousands of listeners? That'd be awesome. The rewrap. We're going to um, finish up here with uh, health news. 
Uh, we're just uh, just going to do a quick check. Have we solved the um, the, the crisis of that was being caused by the worker shortage there? Yes. Yes. Our workforce, health workforce. Listen to these numbers, will you? Uh, our hospital workforce, just our hospitals, short by seven thousand. 136 full-time workers, 40% of those are nurses. What happened to Andrew Little on this program goes, oh, nurses are coming by the battalion. Come on, Andrew, wake up. Auckland, 1,128 full-time equivalent vacancies. Capital and Coast, 1,105. Counties Manukau, 731. 662 in the Southern Region, 603 in the Waikato. They do not include uh, information, by the way, for Canterbury and the West Coast because the data is under quality. What a mess. Does that mean that they don't even have enough people working there to count how many people aren't working there? It is a bad situation. I'm Glenn. That was the rewrap. Uh, and uh, don't worry, you can count on me being here again tomorrow. I'll see you then. The rewrap. The rewrap. For more from News Talk ZB, listen live, on air, or online, and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.